Digify Africa and Flash Conversations. Good afternoon. Hello, hi, and welcome to another insightful episode of the Digify Africa Unplugged Conversations. Today, we are talking about women's social economic rights and empowerment. Later on in the episode, we'll also be looking at Wikimania, the festival edition, and how it has contributed and how it continues to contribute towards the knowledge production on the African continent. Now, speaking of the African continent, I believe we've seen a lot of demonstrations that are committed to promoting gender equality and women's empowerment. I think by growing an inclusive society, we will begin to transform the power relations between women and men. And I think also we will build a society where women are free to make choices and not be hampered by economic and social pressures. Today, I'm joined by Nobantu Modise, a multimedia journalist, media entrepreneur, and speaker passionate about creative leadership, sustainable business, and Pan-African development. She's also the founder and editor-in-chief of the digital Pan-African publication of Ophelia magazine, which explores all there is to love about Africa and her people. Good afternoon, Nobantu. How are you doing? And thank you for joining me in this conversation. Good afternoon, Apuria. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. We also have Dr. Ngem Osegwe from Nigeria. Um, she creates powerful connections between the African librarian community and Wikipedia. In 2020, she organized the first African Librarian, Librarians Week as part of the Wikimedia Foundation's biannual One Librarian, One Reference campaign. How are you doing, Dr. Osegwe? Hello. I'm good. I'm good. Good afternoon. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Now, if you're listening at home and you want to be part of this conversation, please do join the conversation on our social media platforms at Digify Africa on Twitter and on Instagram, and maybe leave your insights and opinions around women empowerment on the African continent. Now, to kick off the conversation, ladies, I'm interested in finding out from the both of you, what does empowerment mean to you? I'll start with you, Dr. Sabre. Thank you very much. Um, You know, Empowerment is a word that we hear here and there, but when you really get down to think about it, you find out that it means more, you know, how do I put it? Giving people power, power to be all that they can be, you know, um, um, it it could be through um, education, it could be through um, transfer of uh, wealth or any any type of um, value but most often it it, it is also used when you know maybe there are people that are that are seen or understood to be of of um that that do not have enough power on their own and they need to be um helped to to get more, more power over their lives over the things that affect them over maybe economic activities maybe people that are marginalized or stuff like that so yes for me it it, it means you know helping people to to um, get stronger gain more confidence especially in the areas that they need to be in order to control their rights control their lives and um, maybe um, yeah claim their rights too thank you yeah yeah thank you doc thank you doc um nabantu Doc talks about agency and excess. Um, you know, when you think about empowerment, what sort of comes to mind? Well, for me, empowerment, um, and I really love the elaboration that the doctor gave. Empowerment is, I think, also about meeting people halfway. 
where we trust their agency and their ability to articulate what they need because they understand their context, etc. So it's not always about giving people what we think they want, uh, but essentially, yes, respecting their agency. And some cases that come to mind are, wow, um, there's so many of these, you know, the word empowerment, unfortunately, has been butchered. <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll actually use, I mean, I can use Wikipedia as as a platform, giving people free knowledge, um, in-depth knowledge, depending on the specific subject that you look up, um, but also Digify Africa itself, um, where you train um, unemployed African youth with digital skills um, so they can actually find employment with the skills that they've gained. And these, of course, are relevant skills. So it, there's, it's quite layered um, and multifaceted, um, but it definitely isn't about one person stepping into the room and dictating about what it should look like and look like and be like. It's quite a, an involved process, in my view. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think because also you're making us think about empowerment in a spectrum as opposed to being um, it, you know, one dimensional. And I think then that's where diversity and inclusion sort of begins, because then when you think of it in a spectrum, um, you then start to think of different ways of empowering people. I like that. Um, sticking with you, Nobandu, um, I know you work obviously in the digital space and you have a public online. Um, I wanted to ask you maybe, you know, throughout the years, do you think women's empowerment can be influenced, you know, by using digital media as a way to provide a platform for women to, 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 you know, have a voice um, in terms of different issues that impact them? Um, I'd say absolutely. Um, The digital realm is now the most prominent way Uh, or if not one of the most prominent spaces through which we're accessing the world um, and also the way we're interacting with the world. So digital media definitely has the power to influence how we as women are perceived, um, how we're understood, um, can be used to market us. Um, It's a very powerful tool for running a business, um, irrespective of what your budget is. In fact, it usually can be quite cheaper to start your business digitally than um, renting out, you know, huge space and staffing, etc. Um, so it it gives room for agility for women to empower themselves, and it enable it enables us to interact a lot quicker, like virtually in real time, um, and across territories. Um, so it's, I mean, the powers of the digital space are endless, but definitely, definitely can be very powerful in empowering women. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Segwe, um, you know, Nabantu spoke about understanding empowerment, you know, in, in different ways and in, di- in diverse ways so that we can speak to different communities. I'm interested in finding out from you, um, you know, do you think when we're thinking about empowerment, you know, in the spectrum, at the moment, what's missing in terms of empowerment and equality when it comes to women? Yeah, let me um, put it this way. You said equality, you yeah. know, how does it job in this? I, I, can I come from a, another angle? Because there's a difference between equality and equity. Sure. Now, let's say that um, in, an African, in an African community, 
somebody wants to run an empowerment program for for the youth you know and um you know the announcement is made and so on and um people are invited young people we are talking of empowerment for young people you know this program will help them to um gain more skills that will in- increase their being able to be employed help them to be um creative explore more opportunities and so on however when these young people turn up you may be surprised or well you're used to it to find out that they are mostly from a gender the other gender is held down by barriers that are not easily seen but form part of the social fabric of many african communities you know that um the barrier that tells you that oh math is not for girls leave your brother to work on the computer first have you finished all the chores in this house and you want to go and learn learn what are you sure that the training will be a safe place for a young girl like you if your brother is interested anyway you can go with him those barriers are there so Mm -hmm. when you talk of equality i mean it's an equal opportunity right but that equity is not there for me equity will now be understanding that when you want to empower young people or others with digital skills is a legitimate way you know of building them up to be self-reliant and so on but also recognize tackle and walk through all these hidden barriers so that every youth there will now have that equal access to this kind of training and this is important because when you talk of um, of uh, empowerment always think about what is, is what is it that will hinder people from assessing this what is it that will ha- that will hinder people from enjoying this? Is there any group of people that are being left out because of the way things are, because of hidden barriers, hidden challenges? You know, because, because when we now address that, that is equity. Equality is, oh, is open for everyone, but equity is understanding that it's open for everyone, okay, but there are hidden challenges that may hinder some from taking part of it. I don't know if I answered that question i like i like because you're bringing us to another issue around equity um nabantu if maybe you can jump in here i'm interested also in, in finding out from you i mean you run a business you're a media entrepreneur and of course you know i mean i'm just going to speak on the south african context because that's that's where i'm based and i think that's where you're based as well we know that um majority of of stakeholders that can be found within the entrepreneurial space is mostly men um i'm interested in finding out from you when you think of equality and equity as far as that space um you know is there something missing when we're talking about empowerment um how long do you have (laughs) (laughs) um i look i definitely i like that question how long do you have Um, Look, I'll definitely admit that things are a lot better for me uh, and my generation of female editors, media entrepreneurs, because um, the women who came before us um, were pretty much exploited in in unbelievable ways. Um, So I'll share my answer bearing that, you know, respect and acknowledgement in mind. Um, But I definitely say that there still is a perception of women being ornamental. 
Um, I have unfortunately experienced that, you know, you step into meetings with people and, you know, they look at you and they think, oh, is, you know, is, there's a brain function, you know, um, and then you speak and articulate yourself clearly and share your vision and they see the quality of the work and then the, the attitudes gradually change. So it, it takes, um, it does take a bit of time um, to be seen as capable um, because there is that cultural barrier in terms of how women are perceived, as Dr. just explained very clearly and very succinctly. Um, so there is that element that still exists. Um, but because by and large, we haven't been women, when I say we, I mean women, haven't been owners, um, owners of publishing houses, owners of, you know, critical assets and technologies. Um then there's been a limitation on how much we can influence. Um, but on the positive end, I've met a lot of women who are very supportive, um, supportive, you know, and I say supportive with their money, with their business, with contracts, with retainers. Um, that does make a difference. Um, there are men who obviously have, you know, are my age and, you know, we've been in school together, that kind of thing who are more inclined to see a woman as being capable, et cetera. So that gradual re-education of how people perceive women and interact with women in the media space, it's, it is, it's coming along, but it is a, it's a podcast of its own, to be honest. <laughs> that it is, that it is. You know, my, my other question for this section of the conversation was going to ask, you know, your views in terms of how women can be empowered institutionally and socially. But I think often, you know, as I was just thinking, as you guys were just giving your answers, I think often that question is posed to women as opposed to the people that are actually um, the ones who are leading these spaces and the ones who have the resources. So I'm not going to ask that question because I think really, um, as you know, women who are in the other end of the spectrum in terms of not necessarily often having access to power in these spaces, um, there's only so much women can say that can be done. I think more more than enough, we still need to hear a lot from men who have the power to, to make change in the different spaces where women empowerment is concerned. So I'm not going to ask that question. I think we can change gears and talk about a little bit about Wikimania. Um, Dr. Osewa, I'm going to pose this one to you. Um, why do you think this specific project is crucial for the creation of knowledge on the continent? Thank you very much for this. I know you say that um, you're not going to talk about this sort of thing that we talked about before more, <laughs> but there's something that my colleague said now. Hold on. There's something that she said now. She said that women are hardly ever owners of critical assets or aspects mm -hmm. of production. And yeah. that, for me, is really, really important. You see, when women, when we, how do I put it now? When we own that space more, I know that there'll be more of equity. There'll be more of the empowerment. Now, thank you for that. Let me go to, back to the question <laughs> you asked me. <laughs> I just had to say that. Now, um wikipedia is the um is is the, is the only let, let, let me start from there it is the only top 10 website that is a non-profit that's number one number two every month up to 1.8 billion unique devices assess the um platform 
you know, and um, is driven by that vision to uh, to ensure that uh, everybody freely shares the whole sum of knowledge in the world. It's still a long way to go, you know, and then it makes them. Um, knowledge available you know freely without our um adverts you know and you don't have to to give private information about yourself and so on and and you asked me how is it crucial for the creation of knowledge you see let me approach it from one angle it is always important to understand that there's always one truth that you can always say this is a fact this is the truth and that is sure. But, you know, every every truth has different shades for different people. What do I mean? Is the general truth that, you know, um, men and women in different um, communities, maybe who organize others to stand for um, social justice, um, their leaders, they make history. You know, those people are seen as great. That's the general truth. Someone can talk, uh, can talk about such people in their own particular communities. And that is the truth again. However, in my own community, it may just be women that drive hygienic, traditional birth giving. It may just be somebody that attracts um, safe, water drink, um, safe water for drinking to my community. You know, that's my own truth. Those are the people that I say that they are my heroes, leaders. You see, it's the same truth, but different shades. Now, when you have a voice to tell your story, when you can tell your own story yourself, that changes everything. Wikipedia and sister projects, they allow us to do that. They allow us to tell our own stories, to share our own views, our own nuances, you know, of, of a truth, you know. And that, um, and that matters most because let's say you want to talk about um, uh, colonization. Well, somebody from Europe might have a different view from somebody from Africa, but it's still the same truth. Then also, Another thing that I enjoy there and that helps to produce um, knowledge is this ability that, that, that it gives for plurality of voices in our own languages. You know, that really stands out for me because um, it is important that you tell your own story in your own language. So, yes, it, it helps a great deal in producing knowledge for everyone irrespective of where you come from who you are what you think about issues you know is 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 um is open for everyone thank you i like that i like that doc because i also think you make us think about diversity and i think that's the next question that i'm going to pose to nobantu because this year's wikimania featured initiatives and organizations um that celebrate diversity please nobantu talk to us about the value of diversity in the creation of knowledge um first of all let me just um unpack that diversity is quite multifaceted and very layered um the most common form of diversity that people would speak of is when people of different genders and cultures and nationalities 
work together and produce this broad body of work. And because they're so different, it can be broad because as the doctor just mentioned, it's not just one side of a story. It's quite multifaceted. So how we see that now is you'll have a a Wikipedia that is edited by close to 300,000 volunteers every month, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's produced 58 million articles. So that's quite broad (laughs) in 300 languages. Um, But there's the other layer of diversity, which means the level of thought um, can be what I call quite textured, you know, which means that there's space for different ways of seeing things, which is very, very important. Um, It means that we are more likely to shed light in on, inf- on any topic, given topic, but in a way that dignifies the different people, groups, different cultures, etc., because it's not understood through one person's lens, um, and especially one person's lens who's, who's foreign and may not understand context or nuance, um, which the doctor just mentioned now. People have the room to tell their story, and they can also tell it in their own language. And that is incredibly, incredibly powerful in terms of helping us understand the world. And then lastly, there's the diversity, which means the way in which, the, well, well, I can say diverse ways of telling the story now of, of how the information is shared, the technologies, et cetera, the different media or mediums that we use. So this way, information can now be shared in a way that different people are more likely to absorb and, and retain or interact with that information which which is necessary because you, you can't just produce information for information. At the end of the day, it it must add value in some way. So I definitely say that overall, considering that we're living in an increasingly digitized world or digitizing world and increasingly interconnected world, um, diversity and being able to manage diversity, I think is one of the most powerful assets that that a platform or a movement or or an organization can possess. Sure, sure. You know, I appreciate that answer because I think it also um, touches on, again, um, this very myopic view that one and well, most societies can have when it comes to diversity and sort of box it into one thing. And I think also it sort of then um, calls for us, for us rather, to start having a reimagined way or approach to what diversity is. I'm still going to stick with you, Nubantu. I'm interested in finding, I mean, you are obviously in the media space and, and, I, and I want to find out from you just in terms of the media landscape right now, when you're looking, you know, globally, are we seeing um, diversity? Is it still emerging? Is it something that still needs work? Um, you know, where where are we? What? How can we fix if it's something that needs to be fixed? Um, it's definitely something that we're seeing more of it gradually. Uh, drips and drabs um, and understandably so people have understood the world in a certain way and now presenting new voices new faces especially African voices and faces which are just so different to anything else that has been coming out of the world Um, for some people it's a bit of a culture shock Um, it definitely requires as I love the word that you use this reimagination this ability to open yourself up to a different world. So I think that's one of the greatest causes um, of, you know, the, the reality that it, it really is something that is taking time. Um, but there's so many exciting and talented people producing, especially young Africans, producing work that 
you, you're really not going to see anywhere else in the world. And in, in terms of that, there's two layers to that. Um, one is that it's an area that does need quite a bit of support um, in terms of investment, um, because we tend to all be relying on technologies uh, and tools that are created elsewhere in the world. And those algorithms and the policies and the pricing are optimized for a European or a US market, for example, and not for ours, which makes it sometimes challenging for very talented people to actually present themselves well. Um, But on the other end, there's this resilience that, you know, we as Africans have and, and creativity. So people are using the most basic um, social media tools um, to really come up with fascinating trends and challenges and just fun content that actually gets us interacting and understanding each other better and enjoying each other. So there's that grassroots transformation that's happening. Um, And yeah, it's, I could go on and on about this. So I have to stop. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, Doc, when you think about the future of knowledge production in Africa, what comes to mind? Let me try to situate um, knowledge production properly. You know, it, it goes beyond mere storytelling. It encompasses projecting Africa, African culture, our values, capacity, and the contribution of the continent to all of humanity, to nature, to our planet, uh, through the design, let me say, and um, sharing of knowledge in different uh, forms from the African perspective, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, from um, Africans. And, and this is critical, you know, because it, that's actually powerful or power because for, for, for every knowledge or information, you know, there are power structures. How do I put it now? That um, information can control, subjugate, you know, change mindsets or create new ones. And when we share our own information to other people for them to know who we are, like she said, you know, new faces, new things happening, that creates a better understanding. That that gives us some um, some 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 power. I addressed somewhere that uh, the global um, output of uh, Africa, that research output, is somewhere between one to two percent. I don't know how that is right, but that implies that all this well, the information about us, knowledge about us, has been um, created by other people, not us, because we are quite large. Now. <clears throat> Like she had said before too, when you now see what's happening now on the social media, um, digital media, Wikipedia, and so on, people are beginning to tell our stories. People are beginning to build knowledge production in Africa, bottom up. You know, the, we are using such such uh, things to. Um, such platforms to amplify our stories, amplify our issues, you know, the things that are crucial for our survival, you know, rights, perception, and so on. So, yes, there's, uh, it, 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 
it will go on and on. But I believe that it could get better when we find or explore or identify pathways to enable people get more skills for um, producing information for digital spaces. We have to think about that more. I mean, how do they learn? What can they learn? How will they understand how to do this within the right context, not to go and cause trouble or, or, or something like that? You know, so that's the, the way I say that as time goes on, people are going to need more and more of these skills. Because it, 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 if people who have such skills, then it will be easier for them to um, to even explore what's happening in online spaces. I, again, there are barriers, like I always want to um, to uh, to to share. Um, high cost of data, um, devices to use, and stuff like that. Well, I'm a librarian, and I can say that libraries in Africa are also helping people overcome all this. But how will people be aware that these possibilities exist? How will they know that they can create information? knowledge about themselves or about their environment you know so all these are you know yes it can be done but we also have to look at these um barriers to ensure that people know that they can do this it's stop this other way but libraries can help them and stuff like that thank you very much Thanks, Dr. Xavier. Um, and the last question that I have for you both ladies is, I'm going to start with you, Doc, and then I'm going to go to Nobantu. Um, what do you think other continents can learn from Africa when it comes to knowledge production? Doc? Wow, that's a large one. You see, Africa is unique. I tell people that Africa is the future. Africa has this young population that are everywhere that are ready to do things that are creative that are that are vibrant that they they, they have zeal and what i want to say that see if other continents can understand this and hear our stories our beautiful art forms you know our beautiful um, creations they will understand that see africa is really the future when it comes to knowledge production yes thank you and for you nabantu um i definitely touch touch closely linked to what the doctor just mentioned um our agility and ability to communicate powerful messages through different forms we do it very well through music so there's a reason why afro beats and different kinds of music that comes from our continent spread so quickly um, that that I think a lot of that comes from our ability to retain our history oral, you know, through the oral form. So we express knowledge powerfully, powerfully through music, through poetry. Um, so we're, we're quite artistic as a continent. Um, we have a wealth of incredible history. We've had wonderful leaders on this continent, um, and we've actually contributed. But, well, we've been the birthplace of, you know, different, um, what do we call them? Different disciplines, such as astrology, such as mathematics, sciences, etc. And that information, that knowledge or that skill of these different um, disciplines didn't just evaporate. Um, so there's nothing that the rest of the world is doing that we can't do. 
Um, and a lot there is a lot that we have contributed to that the world enjoys now. And there's still a lot more that we can give that <laughs> 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 the world can enjoy. And we do so with a certain artistic flair um, and swag um, that I know a lot of them kind of envy, but they won't tell us. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Thank you, ladies, for joining me in this conversation. Before I let you go, um, you know, for our listeners at home, because we speak to, um, you know, a listenership here in South Africa, Nigeria and Kenya who are interested in finding out more about your work. Um, the Bantu also, you can plug in Afrophilia as well. Um, where, can they find, where can they find the platform and how can they engage you? Uh, sure. You're welcome to visit www.afrophilia.com. Um, and you can email me at editor at afrophilia.com. Um, I'm always interested in seeing unique stories um, and different things that people are up to because that's what the platform is there to share who we are. Sure. We, yeah. Sure. And you, Doc, how can our audience get in touch with you if they're interested in finding out more about the work that you do within the library, within the library communities on the continent? I work for Aflia and um, I just followed you on Twitter now. Yeah, so I work for um, Aflia and um, you can get more about us on um, Aflia.net. 